Hello, you're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, the vast podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. Hello. How have you been since the last time we spoke? That good? Awesome. How's your summer going? Listen, mine is just about over. It's a wrap, really. Um, here in Kentucky, schools go back um, in the middle of our, I was going to say October. See, my mind's already in October. Sc- um, students go back to school in the middle of August, which is a departure for me because I've spent much of my teaching career in Chicago where we go back to school. Um, the students come back to school the day after Labor Day. I remember one year, um, the powers that be, that be tried to um, start school before Labor Day sometime in August, and it was a no-go, total no-go. I don't remember what the exact attendance percentage was for that particular year, but needless to say, they went back to the um, after Labor Day opening for schools because, yeah, I mean, it's just been that way for, for forever in Chicago, as long as I can remember. Nevertheless, I'm teaching here in Kentucky and I've already been to some PD. For those of you who aren't familiar with that term, that's professional development. Yeah. I've already done some PD in July and then I've got a little bit more coming up before our official start. Um, My daughter actually starts kindergarten on Monday and yeah, I'm going to talk about that in another episode. Um, I'm not quite ready to get there yet. I'm still processing because that's my baby. I already know I'm going to cry. Um, and as a matter of fact, with her little precocious self, she already asked me, Mom, are you going to cry? I was like, yes, happy tears. Thank you. You're checking my emotions. I'm all right. Yeah, so here we are, end of July. President Biden has COVID once again. God bless him. You know, that's the thing with COVID, though, and I'm not really familiar with this particular variant. I always think of, um, what was the name of that Shonda Rhimes uh, show, BA16, B something. You know, that was always that classified um, numeration that was given that. But that BA5 variant or whatever, you know, it seems to be quite uh, contagious. And I know it can be kind of tricky with COVID anyway. Like one day you can test um positive and then negative and you think you're okay. And then whoop, it comes back again. You know, it's like a jilted lover. You just can't get rid of them. Or like some other kind of um, annoying virus, whatever. I won't go there. But yeah, President Biden's got uh, COVID once again. God bless him. Hope he recovers. Go Joe. No, no offense. G.I. Joe. Did you ever watch that when you were a kid? I did. Because, you know, man, that's a whole nother episode. That gendering of cartoons, that's a big deal. Um, that was a big deal when I was growing up. But anyway, no offense to President Joe Biden. Love you. Hope you get better soon. There's been a lot of weird stuff in the news. Like that's my opening every podcast, I promise, because I said I would do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That's how you get your various and sundry things. Mm-hmm. So I open my podcast with a little bit of news. There's just always so much weird stuff and it's hard to pick from, right? Because I'm not a news podcast, obviously. You know, we'll leave those to the professionals in that department. But um, Monkeypox is back again. I saw some really, really disturbing photos of a young lady on Instagram who contracted Monkeypox. And I really felt bad for her. You know, you almost want to go in sackcloth and ashes for her. Like, oh my God, girl. Ooh, you know, look rather painful. I mean, obviously, it's not, you know, it's not an attractive disease, you know, but 
you know, are we grading diseases on levels of attractiveness now? I don't know. But yeah, it just also looked rather painful. You know, the blisters. Um, hopefully she's on the mend. Um, yeah. So yeah, back to schools around the corner. Um, President Biden, hopefully he gets better. Monkeypox. Um, what municipality? Was that New York that declared it like a public, um, uh, what is it? Public uh, health problem? You know, um, the declaration of it is what they do so they can kick in um, funds to uh, the various entities that can help, you know, like officially fight it. But they have to make that declaration. I forgot what it's actually called. But the um, the leaders of the, like the mayor or whatever has to make that declaration so that um, monies can kick in into, you know, like the various health agencies and things like that so they can mobilize those things to help folk. Oh, the big news, I guess, down here in Kentucky. How can I like overlook that, right? Um, it's been in Eastern Kentucky. Um, I had a couple of family members reach out to me like, are you guys okay? Yeah, we're good. Unfortunately, people in Eastern Kentucky have just been like ravaged by those floods. Um, it's it's just been horrible to listen to, um, horrible to experience it. Not that goes without saying, but just horrible to hear about the loss of life. You know, the number keeps, you know, going up. Unfortunately, it keeps saying, yeah, today it's 25 and it's probably going to go up. And you know, people losing their property, you know, and again, as I said, um, initially, because schools will be starting back soon, um, you know, those kids are going to be, you know, displaced in terms of being able to start school on time, um, you know, and of course that, you know, takes a back seat to, you know, like having a place to live, having some food to eat. So yeah, that's some of the big um, things that have been on my um, radar in terms of news. Um what I'd like to focus on um, for today's episode, you probably noticed the title SOS, not save our souls, but a shout out session. Yeah. Um, in the episode um, description, it's like Donna talks about some of her favorite um, social media influences and um, her current trove of fantastic authors and writers. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where I am. Um, like you, I'm sure I spent a lot of time, probably too much on social media, which is why I still haven't finished the 1619 project. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I'll get to it. My husband was teasing me like the 1619 means it's going to take you 16 weeks, and 19 days. Like, ha ha ha. You're so funny. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, um, we're supposed to be like, he's going to read it after me, but like, because I'm not finished, he just recently ordered his own copy. Good luck with that. Okay. My highlights are still the best. Anyway, um, yeah, so I spend way too much time on social media, more than I probably should, I'm sure. And it'll get less when the school year starts because, you know, I have to like, you know, teach and stuff and, you know, assess, evaluate, you know, reteach, you know, that whole cycle, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> laughing at myself. Hopefully you're laughing with me and not at me. But if you're laughing at me, I wouldn't even know. Anyway, um, so I, I did. In this particular episode, I wanted to shout out some of my favorite social media influences or influencers. Well, they're an influence to me and in their role as an influencer. Does that make sense? Um, I like to start with my favorite podcaster. As a matter of fact, um, I've been following her career for quite a while, Demetria L. Lucas. Um, when I first got on her um <laughs> bandwagon. I think she was writing uh, at Essence. I'm like a relationships um, writer. And I remember she had like the black hair with the little blonde piece, um, like really, really um, platinum 
like a standout uh, piece in the front. It was super cute. Um, and I've been following her career ever since. Um, she was actually part of a reality TV show that she doesn't really like to talk about. And so we won't name that, okay? Out of respect, respect. Um, I remember watching that and it was the first time I had like really heard her talk. And this is before, you know, like social media platforms really, really took off. And even on that, and I know she lives in like the way that um, she was uh, portrayed and, you know, reality TV is a you know, I don't know. I I like to say I would never do. Everybody says never say never, but I don't know. I don't I don't think I'd ever do a reality TV show. It just you know much of what we learn about it in the aftermath. You know, after people are on there, it just seems you know really really unfair. Um, you know, to the people who are actually being followed with cameras. Um, unless your last name begins with the K. Anyway, um, I remember she was on there. I was you know a big fan of that. And I remember reading A Bell in Brooklyn and uh, Don't Waste Your Pretty. And then she started her podcast, Ratchet and Respectable. And I got a t-shirt from that. As a matter of fact, I wore it a couple of weeks ago. And someone was like, oh my God, where'd you get that t-shirt? I was like, it's from a podcast that I listen to. And it's great. She's like, I love that title. I was like, it is so cool. Isn't it right? Yeah. And Demetria, I follow her on social media too. She just, she's a writer. Um, you know, she also, obviously, as I said, she, um, hosts the podcast, Ratchet and Respectable. Um, but she is really, she is good at what she does. Um, she's had appearances on, um, you know, Good Morning America as like, a, you know, a little expert on a um, panel about, um, you know, pop culture and relationships and that kind of thing too. Just really, really cool chick. Um, moving to Ghana in a couple of weeks. I told my husband, we're moving to Ghana. He's like, what? What? Since when? It's like Demetria Lucas is moving to Ghana. We're moving to Africa. Let's go. So yeah, um, definitely be following her um, as she embarks on that particular part of her life. I think that's really bold. You know, just hey, I'm up, I'm out. You know, because America for real. Yeah, tripping. Um, another one that I follow and have followed for a while, um, Lovey Ajayi Jones. Um, I read her book, I'm Judging You, when I was in labor at the hospital. I remember I was just, you know, because it's not like what you think it is. Labor I'm talking about, you know, it's all like, you know, one and done when you're watching it on TV. Like, oh my God, let's go to the hospital. Hey. But when you're actually in labor, it you chilling for a long time. Hungry, I might add. But anyway, I um, read I'm Judging You when I was um, in labor at the hospital with my daughter. Lovey's from Chicago and she went to Whitney Young High School. So, you know, I got, you know, mad love for her. Um, and she also hosts a podcast and um, she's a good writer and you know, just her take on things is just pretty cool. Um, you know, just, I, I love her. Love, 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 Lovey. Um, another one on my list, Nicole Walters. Um, another one that I've been following for a long, long time. Um, following her journey. I love the way that she speaks. She's a business person and like knows her stuff. Um, I follow her on her IG. She had a reality show that I didn't realize she had. I guess I must have like lost touch with her. I say that like we're really good friends. Oh my God. And like we stopped talking for a little while, but um, I didn't get a chance to, I got to go back and look at it. Um, her reality show called She's the Boss with her and her family. Um, but she's she's a very good writer too and very inspirational. I know she's um she um helps people who are like in business, you know, how to um further capitalize on whatever they're doing and you know expand their reach and that kind of thing. And 
she's, you know, she's good at what she does. Um, as a matter of fact, I think she's had to like curtail some of it because like, she just like didn't really have, I guess, the time to do everything that she wanted to do in her business. So she's like taking on, you know, new clients under different umbrellas. And she was like, okay, no more on this side. Cause you know, I'm full. It's like, go ahead, girl. That's what I'm talking about. Just be full. Um, yeah. Nicole Walters also has a podcast. Love, love, love it. Um, Damon Young. Um, I've been listening to him. Well, actually, I've been reading him longer, longer than I've been listening to him. He was one of the founders of VSV, Very Smart Brothers. Panama Jackson, I hope I'm saying that guy's name right, is the other guy. They are so funny. Oh, my God. They're writing it, but their writing is so good. Um, they're, you know, like social critics, if you will, for lack of a better term. But Damon Young and Panama Jackson, too, they are really, really good um, good writers. Um, he, on his website, uh, one of the things that, you know, how you talk about yourself or whoever is writing it for you, you know, you describe, you know, you're, you so he's an author, a writer, a critic, and he also has professional black person. I love that. I think that is hilarious. He has written a book called what doesn't kill you makes you blacker. I'm sorry, Damien Young, if you happen to catch this podcast, I haven't, I haven't read it yet. It's, are you one of those people? You probably are like me. Cause that's why you're listening. You got a stack of books. I mean, we have, you know, it's on the bookshelf. I got it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. I'm still reading the 1619 Project. But um, I, first of all, the title alone, What Doesn't Kill You, make you Makes You Blacker, that's what's up. I mean, that's gripping, right? So you just want to pull that off the shelf anyway, you know, if you're black, you know, if you're not, then it might not be like, oh yeah, I'm going to read this one. Or maybe you would, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've um, he has a podcast. I've caught it a couple of times called Stuck with Damon Young. Love his writing, love his commentary. Um, very sarcastic uh, in that kind of like um, semi-self-deprecating way, but um, you know, doesn't think too highly of himself. But sometimes he does, and I love it. It's like that's right. You know, you got to own your greatness because he is. He's a really, really good writer. And Demetria did a really, really um, good interview with him. She's also a good interviewer um, on her podcast, and it's been a while ago, probably over a year. Ago, but I'm um, another good writer. I'm turning the page. Next on my list of social media influencers that I follow and just am like constantly entertained is a good way to say it for this next um, guy. He and his wife, um, Kev on stage. I'm sure you've heard of him. If not, you need to go follow him immediately. Um, his real name is Kevin Fredericks, and his wife's name is Melissa Fredericks, and he's hilarious. He's been around for a minute. Um, you know what Black people mean when we say for a minute, right? It, not literally a minute, but anyway, yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, he's an influencer. Um, his bio says he's a host and the founder of uh, Kevin Stage Studio, um, Studios, Studio, um, content creator, He's funny. Even his dad jokes. One of the ones that I saw recently, he had his little dog. Um, I think the dog's name is Monty. And he was trying to tell the joke. And then the, like the dog crawled out of his arms. <laughs> He's like, yeah, get me out of here. This ain't funny. It went over on the side. Wouldn't even look at him. It was so cute the way that he had edited the video. But he is like freaking brilliant. I mean, he's a funny guy and he has surrounded himself with funny people. And um, I'm a subscriber to his um Kev on Stage Studios, and that um, it's a, a series called Explain This, where he and I think the other guy's name is Tahir Moore, um, have like 
you know, people on the other side of the table and they're like pulling out um, blackmail pictures, some of them, and asking them to explain. Actually, they're telling like they're roasting them really is what's happening and um, asking them to explain like what's happening in that picture. And it is so funny. And that's just one of the series that's um, available on uh, Kevin Stage Studios. There's a lot of funny content and it's not super expensive. And um, his little tagline there is like, you know, you scroll to the end of Netflix and there's nothing else for you to watch. There is, there's so much there. I, I haven't gotten past explaining this yet because it's so funny. Like I'm laughing, like in tears laughing. It's really, really funny. He also does a podcast with um, that chick angel um, called Here's the Thing. And it's also available on the Kevin Stage Studios. And it they are so funny. I can't remember the third person that's also a part of the podcast uh, trio, but they are like, they're the main host. And then there's this other guy that's also there with them. And they have really good chemistry, a really good dynamic. And they are really, really funny. So like when you're like looking for something to laugh at, because sometimes, you know, you, you can get, you know, beat down with some of the stuff that's out there to watch, you know, like Kevin Stage Studios. Um, and then Kevin Stage Studios or Kevin Stage introduced introduced me to this other guy that I follow, Tony Baker. I'm calling this like my little honorable mention section. He doesn't host the podcast, but he's a comedian. Um, and he does these animal voiceovers. Uh, for these video clips. I think he he has cats. And even my students and I have talked about it. My students are like, oh my God, my dad and I love that guy. Like I have one of his um his ringtones that skipped that diddly D. I don't want to sing it because you know it's probably a copyright infringement. But yes, I have that as a ringtone because that thing is funny. Um, um and yet another honorable mention that I want to mention. Um <laughs> that's so funny and redundant. I digress. Um, not Carlton Banks. Now I know he has some controversy in his IG account. Um, account got suspended. Um, I think his real name is Carlton Humes or something like that. Um, but he still has um, an IG handle. I don't know what it is. Is it a Carlton Bank? Not Carlton Banks fan club or something like that. And then he's still on um, Facebook. But he's been around for a minute too. Uh, looked like he was doing videos in a college dorm or something like that. And his IG uh, Church of God in Christ. The thing with him, and I know you know you either love him or hate him. I don't think there's any middle ground. Middle ground, depending on like you know your orientation with the Black Pentecostal, really like Kojic Church. But his characters and his depictions, when it's just his characters, and they're not necessarily um, uh, like redoing something that you know came into uh, went viral on social media, they are dead on. They you know they would say spot on those. The way that people act in church, especially, I mean, he grew up Kojic. You can totally tell. And um, those characters, the way they act, spot on. All of them. All of them. Now, there's one character that, he do, the character that he does. I really don't think, like, you need to lay off that, like, special needs individual. Like, that's not cool. That that one, mm-mm, leave that one alone. But um, all the other characters are hilarious. And I won't even run them all down. You just, you just got to go follow him. Go find him. Um, he's, he, he's enjoyed a quite a bit of popularity. The next um, set of folks that I want to talk about are my favorite authors. And I've got a lot. Now, these are like just the current ones, like in the last couple of years who've come on my radar and whose work I really, really enjoy. Um, I've already mentioned uh, Demetria Lucas. I liked her, Abella in Brooklyn and Don't Waste Your Pretty. Um, a couple of years ago, I got introduced to Gloria Edom. Um, she... I was following her on social media. Well-read Black Girl, I think was her handle. 
um, on Instagram. I could be wrong, but she also did an anthology called Well Read Black Girl. Well, you know, these the books that you really, really need to like have in your life if you want to consider yourself a well-read black girl. And it there were a couple of books that I had already read and I felt very proud of that. And then there were a couple more that I had not read. And so I added those to my list, like, mm, gotta get these. And um, it's like, if you consider yourself, you want to consider yourself a, a well-read you know, black girl, or if you just want to read stuff that other people read that would make them consider themselves a well-read black girl, pick up that anthology, go follow her on social media. She's also She also has a podcast um, called well-read uh, black girl. Is it? Is that the name of it? I think it is. Um, she's also a Howard University graduate. So we're always going to shout out the Howard graduates and the Whitney Young graduates because that's just how we roll around here. Um, also on my list of my current favorite authors um, or whose works, you know, like I'm really, really into right now, um, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm still reading through the 1619 Project. I said it's taken me 16 years. Um. Anyway, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who, if you've been following her career and you heard about the big brouhaha with the University of North Carolina, and then, of course, she ended up at Howard, right? So, you know, I got a little emotional about that, seriously. Um. But I'm about halfway through um, the 1619 Project, and I was sharing with a colleague um, just this week. It is phenomenal. Um, I'm a former social studies, social studies teacher, but I guess I'm always a social studies teacher. I'm always trying to put it in there a little bit, just, you know, like stir it in with what I currently teach. And I just love history. I do. And I thought I knew a lot about the history of Black people in this country. I mean, I went to Howard University, and even though that's not a given, I still remember some of my favorite classes there. And like just the eye-opening experience that I had learning about, you know, the history of African-Americans in this country. One of my favorite classes was race and public policy taught by Dr. McCormick. I doubt that he's still there. Um, but that class really like turned my head inside out because we spent a lot of time talking about reconstruction. As a matter of fact, we read Eric Foner's um, A Short History of Reconstruction. And I consider myself pretty well educated in high school. I went to Whitney Young. I mean, you know, there's that. And I don't remember, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't remember reconstruction being emphasized the way that it should be when you're, you know, learning about U.S. history. I mean, this was a big deal in the history of our country in terms of, you know, African-Americans being free from slavery and also um, enjoying a lot of rights for the first time in this country, including the right to vote for black men. Um, you know, troops in the South to help restore order and ensure that Black people were protected and the Freedmen's Bureau and all that stuff that I actually talked about. Um, well, not all of it, but some of the things that I actually highlighted in my previous episode when I talked about uh, the episode entitled Black History Flashcards, when I talked about visiting the National um, Museum for African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. They have a exhibit about um, Reconstruction, and it's fantastic. But anyway, in that class with Dr. McCormick, I learned a lot about Reconstruction, a lot of things that I did not know, um, including why it ended um, with the election of Rutherford B. Hayes and a deal being struck um, to uh, swing the vote his way. 
Um, the Electoral College votes his way, and then the removal of troops from the South, which ended Reconstruction and, you know, um, placed Blacks um, in this country pretty much back in bondage, um, in theory, if not um, in fact. But anyway, um, that's an argument for another day. But 1619 Project, every chapter I read, I lecture whoever's nearby, literally. I will tell them, oh my God, this is what I learned. I have switched pens. I don't know how many times I'm on my second highlighter. And like I said, I'm, I'm a little over halfway done. My plan is to finish it before the school year starts because by the time school kicks back in and full gear, gear, I won't, you know, I don't think I'll have enough time to really do it justice. Um, and it'll take me another 16 months to finish it. But Nicole Hannah-Jones, um, well, well written um, piece. Um, this 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 collection of essays and research, and I don't even know. Like it's a project for sure. It and it is a labor of love. I'm sure. Um, I actually heard an interview with her on Gloria Adams' um, podcast, and what she was talking about and how um, she goes about her writing process. And just this one piece that struck me. I had to like try to write it down while I was driving. Don't do that. I wouldn't suggest that um, in real life. But I wanted to remember it. Um, she and it wasn't necessarily about the writing process that she undertakes, but because um, she's a journalist. But she just said that history explains the architecture of inequality, and I was just like, that is just so succinct and brilliant. Like, you know, really, just that's it. And it's absolutely it. That's it. Is it all right? All right, close your books. We're going home. All right, all hearts and minds are clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just um, definitely worthy of that Pulitzer Prize and more. I mean, and all of the uh, the backlash that's come against um, the 1619 Project, I can guarantee you, guarantee you that everybody that's talking out the side of their mouth about it, they haven't read it. They probably haven't even read the book jacket. They have not read it because it's an eye-opening history lesson, if nothing but that. And, you know, I won't even get into, you know, how people in this country, and the book talks about that. She talks about that in the um, introduction, I'm pretty sure, about how many people just don't know U.S. history you know, at all, you know, that know that slavery was the reason for, you know, the civil war. It's like, oh, it's a war about states' rights. Yeah, the states' rights to own slaves. There you go. Okay, well, I don't want to get off on my little, um, I digress, my social studies teacher, um, uh, not bandwagon, uh, what do you call it? A pedestal, soapbox. There you go. Um, next on my list of just excellent writers here, um, uh, Candace Marie Benbow. I was part of a book club with um, the Society Lexington or the Society Lex, I think is what it's called. Um, and I actually led the book club um, and uh, Candace Marie Benbow's Red Lip Theology was the pick for us back in June. I had to read it twice. Um, well, obviously to, um, you know, do it, it's due give it its due diligence for our, our book club. But I had read it, um, I think it was earlier this year. It is, it's, it's very challenging. You know, if you've been raised in a, in a black Christian church. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, like she's Baptist, but some of the things that she was describing, I really did think she was coaching. I was like, really old school Baptist is like that. Didn't know, but should have known because, you know, once upon a time, people who were coaching actually used to be Baptist. That's another history lesson for another day, but yeah, red lip theology will definitely challenge, challenge what you think, um, about, you know, just where we situate ourselves, um, primarily women, where we situate ourselves, with the Black Church. And that's definitely a podcast for another day, but it's excellent. It is excellent and um, well-written. 
Um, she's she's a great theologian and an, an excellent writer, um, very transparent. The stories that um, she shares about her mother and her own um, experiences in academia um, and her pursuit of higher degrees. Um, she has a, a master's in divinity. She was pursuing a doctorate in divinity, but you know, that got waylaid and um, just, you know, her experiences with that alone is just worth the read. I posted an article, um, an essay that she wrote. Okay, so Candace Marie Bimbo's um, essay that it's on her blog, I think, or her website, CandaceBimbo.com. Everybody is mean, the church, meanness, and our obligation to heal. If you got a second, read that bad boy. It is really, really good. I mean, and it will give you um, it'll give you a good taste of what she thinks is happening with us. And by us, um, I mean like within the black church and what's 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 really going on here recently. It's, mm, again, podcast for another day. Another person that's on my list, Brittany Cooper. I read her um, book, Eloquent Rage, a couple of years ago and I raved about it. That's what I do when I get on social media. I'm like, oh my God. And then like sometimes I take pictures of the pages as if somebody's really going to zoom in and read what the author said. But Eloquent Rage is also really, really good to follow her on social media also. And um, which takes me to the next person uh, on my list, um, writer, author, like movement founder, um, Tarana Burke. She's the founder of the Me Too movement. I'm sure you've heard about that. Um, I read her autobiography, memoir, whatever you want to call it, Unbound. And that thing tore me up. She's very transparent also. I know that's like a catch phrase or a catch word, but listen, she really is. I mean, she bears it all. And it is, you got to be in the right frame of mind to kind of take it all in because it's her story has some really, really brutal turns to it. Um, but that she shares it in such an unflinching way to me just makes me like love her all the more. Like I have so much respect for her. I've never met this woman any time, a day in my life is what folks say. Never seen her, you know, in person, follow her on social media, follow her work. But her um, book Unbound is, it's spellbinding. It is so good. It's one of those things that it's, it's hard to put down. It's like, I can't believe all this happened to one person in their lifetime. I mean, she's, you know, she's a relatively young woman, as I call myself in my fourth decade of life. She's a relatively young woman and she has just lived a life. I mean, lived a life. She's also um, the co-author of this anthology called You Are Your Best Thing um, with Brene Brown. I think she's a psychologist or a counselor or something like that. Um, and it's a collection of essays and those essays are so moving. It's really um, well written. And I read about that book or heard about it rather on Demetria Lucas's podcast. I also um, heard about Tarana Burke's book on Demetria Lucas's podcast, even though I follow her on social media. And she um, was interviewed there about her work. And just, again, just that collection of essays, I was like calling some of my friends and sharing, um, you know, some of the, some quotes from those essays. Um, you are your best thing is actually a quote um, from the mother um, the grand writer of them all, Toni Morrison. And even though, of course, she's not necessarily um, a contemporary writer of the people that, um, a contemporary of the writers that I, rather, that I have mentioned, 
um, in terms of being people that I am currently like in love with. I just, I always throw Toni Morrison out there. I just, I love her work. I was introduced to her work by one of my high school friends named Belinda. And um, I believe that Belinda was reading Beloved and I was hooked. And so thanks, Belinda, for introducing me to Toni Morrison. And Belinda was such a great reader um, and writer herself in high school. Um, I mean, just one, you know, one of those kids I was just walking around with, you know, just like, girl, what are you reading now? I was always looking like, you know, like a telephone book, but that girl knew she she could pick some good stuff and get me hooked on Toni Morrison. My favorite book by Toni Morrison is Song of Solomon. I still have that on my shelf. I've read that a couple of times. It is deep. You don't pick up a Toni Morrison book to like read in between commercials. She is, it is they used to say back in the day when my Folks would get up and sing. This is somebody's singer. Toni Morrison is somebody's writer for sure. Um, I think President Barack Obama referred to her as a national treasure. He ain't lied. She passed away in 2019. I almost, you know, had to take a day off work. Like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna make it today. Of course, she went to Howard University and later taught at Howard University. Um, won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, I think it was for Song of Solomon. I'm not sure. In 1988, and then um, the Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, the first black woman to do so, she won that in 1993. Just love her work. Um, Well-respected author. I mean, she is one of those people. I just posted a video um, on my Facebook page of this interview with her and Charlie Rose. And he was asking her a question, I think, that someone else asked about um, her writing for white people. And she gives this um, um, kind of protracted response to it, but it is spot on. And her, her point is, you know, you don't ask, people don't ask white writers, you know, if they'll write for black people or write for anybody else that doesn't look like them. You know, it's just, it's kind of a given because, you know, that's, that's who they are and that's the audience. And she mentions, you know, not necessarily being, you know, um, concerned with the white gaze when it comes to her work. She's a black woman. I'm gonna write about, you know, black experiences. And I just, I like that because she's very authentic. It's, that's, that's who she is. And, you know, shout out to Toni Morrison. She's also, I'm sure, a big influencer a lot of a lot of the people that are on my favorite authors list. Um, I know she was mentioning that um, well-read Black Girl Anthology, and I hope I just didn't lie right there. I'll have to fact check that before <laughs> I publish this particular episode. But that's my list. Um, if you're interested in any of these um, uh, social media influencers or the authors that I mentioned, I'll um, pop a list up on my uh, Instagram page. Um, as usual, if you're interested in engaging with me, please do so. Feel free to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, if you can. Um, my handle is Donna K. Tyler on all of those social media platforms. Is it social, social medium? I should know this. I'm a language arts teacher. I don't know. I appreciate you coming back to listen once more. And again, you know, everything's about being double here, you know various and sundry once more and again. I do though. I appreciate you listening. Um, leave me some feedback. Leave me some stars. Um, and that'll be it for this particular episode. So until next time, stay classy and thanks for stopping by. <laughs>